The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So continuing with the four foundations of mindfulness, and um, we're gonna talk, I'm going to talk now about the third and the fourth foundation of mindfulness. And so just to take it from, <clears throat> from where um, Chris left it in, in terms of mindfulness of feeling, mindfulness of body. Um, so feeling, feeling is a, is a mental factor, the way in which the mind categorizes the experience, like when Chris gave the example of seeing someone with a purple shirt or and seeing the mind how it says pleasant or unpleasant is not is is something that the mind is doing to categorize the different types of experiences that we have and so um with the mindfulness of body we become mindful we become aware of any kind of experience that we're sensing that we, that we uh, f- feel in the body. Now, there's different ways in which the mind processes all these different experiences. And so now to talk about mindfulness of mind, let's just, uh, I want to refresh, um, talk a little bit about what is the Buddhist uh, concept of, of mind, what is the, the notion, how the mind is seen in Buddhism. So in, in Buddhism, we see the mind as a sequence of different moments, moment by moment, a sequence of different moments, discrete moments that happen in the mind. It's not usually, and I remember in the very uh, early stages of my practice, there was a sense like the mind was something that it was a thing, that it was something permanent. Uh, but uh, in Buddhism, the way in which we see it is that um, it's a sequence of different moments that have uh, different characteristics and unique characteristics. Um, so what we do with mindfulness of mind is to familiarize, get to know what are the states of mind, what are those moments of uh, states of mind that we experience um, as they arise and pass. So each moment will have a beginning, will have a middle, will have an end. Um, you may notice the presence of, of uh, something going on in the mind, you will not, not notice the absence of what is going on in the mind. And um, you may also see how the mind is influenced by different wholesome qualities and unwholesome qualities uh, that we cultivate. And I think that we have talked about these um, like wholesome qualities that we can cultivate or um, continuing um, um, through wise effort encourage for those wholesome 
uh, wholesome moments in the mind to unwholesome qualities to appear like, you know, um, states of mind that have a flavor of compassion or um, that has a flavor of loving kindness or generosity. Uh, so as we practice at the very beginning, <clears throat> when we, and, and I think that Morgan, where is Morgan? Um, so Morgan gave us, by sharing her experience, it was just a beautiful way of bringing, of bringing to, to, to the room how it is sometimes that experiences that happen in the body intermingle with experiences that happen in the mind. And at the, again, at the early stages of practice, sometimes, you know, we say, well, or, well, even at late, any time in your practice, it's like, I'm a beginner, what I'm talking about. So at any point, you know, I may say, oh, there's, there's pain in my back, or my knee hurts, of, or my, my, my elbow hurts. And really, is more than a physical sensation, what is happening there also is a mental process of having a, a, a mental construct identifying what is going on, what is going on from, you know, from a mental perspective. So you have the, the physical sensation, which, you know, when you put bare attention, you, you have bare attention to that experience, and you... Um, you recognize you're mindful. You're mindful of that physical sensation of tingling, or heat, or um, stress in the mind. Um, as you practice, you can see that there may be that overlay of of a mental process also going on, and that is also how we look at emotions. So emotions, that, in, that it could be a composite of that intermingle of what is going on in the body and what is going on in the mind. <clears throat> so mindfulness of the mind then is then looking at, you know, noticing what are those different processes, those different states of mind. And thoughts... Images, um, beliefs, ideas, all those things are happening also in the mind. Um, in, in the suttas, there's also uh, some instructions to, for us to notice. In, in, uh, the Buddha gave instructions of notice when, it, when a mind is with aversion without aversion, with, um, um, with lust without lust, with illusion without delusion. Um, so that, that noticing the presence and the absence of um, these different states is, is also part of mindfulness of mind. Um, and how it is that we, how, then the, it, the, the how we practice calm is very key here. So, as we practice, you know, we start naming 
uh, you know, we have these social, con these, these uh, mental constructs. Um, but as we go deeper into the practice, we start noticing more and more the arising and passing of that event. And you start noticing that it doesn't happen only for one state of mind or for one mental process, for example, a thought. It may happen that you see how the, the, the thought appears in your mind and how it starts fading away. There are some thoughts that may persist, but they're not 24-7 in your mind. So you start noticing that arising and passing, not only in that thought, but maybe in other thoughts. Like the same way that you start noticing the arising of a sound when you're listening, when you're hearing a sound, when you're receiving a sound, you, you, you hear the, the beginning of the sound, you start listening to it, and then almost like when we hear the train here and we're meditating. And then you, it's, it's, I like that example because it's, you, you can notice how the sound starts fading away, like, you know, so in the same way a thought can be arising and passing or uh, arriving and leaving uh, your mind. Um, and at some point, then we use this notion, we realize and we use the word impermanence. Oh, this is impermanent. You know, I, I'm noticing, I'm not thinking about this. I was thinking about this issue or this experience that I had yesterday and that I really enjoy, and, oh, it's not here right now. So we start noticing that there is, that there is an impermanence there, that there is a flow of different events, a flow of different processes, um, So each state of mind will consist of all these different moments. It's not like there's only one moment and then, but it's many, many moments, moment-to-moment -moment experience. Sometimes you hear um, within the instructions, what do you notice in your moment-to-moment -moment experience? Um, <clears throat> So, as we go deeper and we are able to see that bare experience, we start sorting out. We start sorting out what is the bodily experience, what is the mental experience, what, what, what is happening here, and in, in terms of uh, all these different ways in which we can practice. Uh, and it's interesting... You know, when we talk about the body and feelings and, and thoughts, um, mind, the Pali word, chitta, one of the words uh, in this case is chitta for mind. Um, the translation is um, not only mind, also heart. There's no distinction. 
um, in, in the ancient language of if it is heart or if it is mind. So usually um, you may hear teachers talking about the mind-heart. Uh, and uh, actually, I, I, that is pleasant to me. <laughs> um, so let's see what else is here to share. So how do we practice this how? and left it somewhere. I started talking about it and left it somewhere. How do we practice? So we start noticing, simply noticing, uh, without putting anything else into it. It's easier to say than done, but it's almost like you're watching a movie and you're just seeing what, what, is, coming on, what is coming up in the mind. Um, You don't, you, you don't, um, yes, Betsy. You, you pointed to simple noticing, and prior to that, Bernie, you were mentioning noticing what is, has faded away, you know, noticing the, the, the beginning, the middle, the end, it has faded away. And noticing other mind qualities that are not present. And I wanted to bring um, the noticing of many other mind states that are not present with, together with simple noticing. Um, because in my own practice, I can see sometimes there is uh, a contrast there. If I am saying, oh, there is no toothache present. Mm-hmm. There is no joy present. There is no, and I could make it quite an extensive list, Mm. or I could tend to the simple what is arising. And so if you could bring that together for me, I would be a practitioner, I'm sure. (laughs) So, um, So, yeah, there may be, there may be different, different states or, you know, different experiences that are present or, or absent. Um, let, me go through, let me go through the material, and I think that by the end I will be answering your question. It's, it will come together. I will, I, I will give you the answer at the end, if, if it is not answered with what I'm going to cover. Um, so, again, we simply notice what is arising, what is, what is coming up, what is coming up in the mind. It's not like we plan, okay, let's have this state of mind happening now. Let me just be happy. Let me just, let me see a state of um, maybe greed in the mind. Or let me, it's not like we plan it in advance. You know, we see what is happening simply just by noticing, simply just by observing. And because we see that all these different events that may happen at the same time, you know, all these different events may happen at the same time, we see the impermanence And we may start seeing, oh, it's just 
is just a, a stress or a pressure on on the area of of that you know like a, of that tooth it's just it may be just that there's just pressure there there's a difference then of saying there is pain versus i have pain here or there's a difference between saying there is anger in the mind versus saying i am angry so impermanence that noticing of impermanence of whatever is happening give us space there's almost like a sense of freedom and like a there's a, a, a sense of impersonal impersonal taste of or objectivity of the experience the the i and the mind and and the me starts dropping off and it's not that you know that there's no caring or there's no but it, there's a distance there's an objectivity that you can see this is happening i'm not controlling it i i i didn't plan it you know i didn't plan to have one thing one tooth ache now and then later something else so we practice by seeing that too but recognizing um that there's no agency um and we go deep deepening into that bare experience into seeing the felt experience that physical sensation or that noticing of an, a a a thought passing by um and then we also can see when we cling to it or when there's absence of that clinging we can see there's something happening there's a there's maybe there's a fantasy or going on or, or you know something about the future and we can see oh i'm clinging oh there's a grasping there's a grasping in the mind to to that experience and you know we continue or maybe thinking about it or planning about it or making it bigger you know planning our vacations for days and days and days um so we don't interfere with it is another way to also talk about that impersonality or that objectivity um and then again we can follow that fading away um so at some point you know we we may get to a point of oh my gosh this is like i cannot hold into i cannot hold into this it's just so impermanent it just goes away before i even you know try to to get to that experience that naturally as we become as the mind becomes still there's a start of of letting go 
of uh, maybe struggling with how things are or maybe wanting things to continue the, continue the way they are. So there's, a, there's an acceptance. There's a softening. Okay, this is, this is how it is. This is how it's, it's changing. Um, And then, <clears throat> again, going back into that, uh, also seeing how it is that the mind responds to it. And what Betsy mentioned, we start, as the mind becomes still and still and still, we can see also what is absent and what is not, what, what, what is present. And in some ways, we start cultivating wisdom. And then we go into what we call the fourth foundation of mindfulness, which is um, mindfulness of dhammas. So with the third foundation, we look, we notice states of mind of how they are as they arise and pass. And then we go deeper into seeing these different dhammas of men or mental processes in the fourth foundation. And this is mainly the Buddha gave us some different uh, lists which we can use to start monitoring our path to liberation. Lists like the Four Noble Truths, um, lists, uh, a list like uh, the hindrances, the five hindrances, which are impediments or um, uh, uh, experiences that uh, hinder our mindfulness. Um, then we, we also, within looking at uh, or experiences the absence for, or presence, for example, of the hindrances, when there is desire, there is aversion, or there's loss and torpor, or um, worry or restlessness, or doubt we can continue going deeper into seeing how it is that they're present, how it, is, how it is that we get caught up, how it is that they become absent. And we even can start seeing some of the conditioning, some of the conditioning that, that we have in our lives because of our history, um, because of beliefs, or, or um, other... Um, other events that then also contribute to maybe uh, having these other type of responses that we don't even, again, we don't, we, don't, we don't even plan to have. So we start looking at all these different mental processes. We become, because we have developed the impersonality and the objectivity, because we, we know now that, um, that um, events, states of mind will arise and pass, we're not fighting anymore with how things are. We're not uh, in conflict 
with the present experience. And so that brings joy. Chris mentioned at some point in her talk about, you know, how it is at some point there's some joy in our practice being developed. And one of the reasons is, well, we're, we're not in conflict anymore with what is happening. Um, but then there's these other factors that start arising, which are the, the seven factors of enlightenment, or seven, I, I like to call them um, the seven factors of liberation, just to um, at least... Um, there are more, and I'm behind here, but uh, it becomes more um, simpler for some reason. The mind takes that that word, you know, of liberation. If we cultivate joy, if we cultivate um, calm, if we cultivate tranquility, um, then all those different factors are factors that contribute to us continue walking into, into a path of being free from suffering, being free from clinging. And mindfulness is key. It's the key factor. So we start with mindfulness. In, in that, you know, mindfulness, mindfulness then becomes that factor of, of liberation. We become interested and there's investigation into looking more at, uh, at these processes. Um, we developed energy uh, to, to keep the continuity of our practice. Um, we develop joy. We develop tranquility, concentration, equanimity. So um, in that way, we can see where it is, at some point we may be able to notice, oh, there's no energy here, or where there's absence of energy. We may be able to monitor what is needed here, what is called here um, to do so that I can continue in this path of um, maintaining, you know, states that nourish uh, being, being at peace. Um, So we shift, we shift from reacting to responding. We shift from looking to seeing. We shift from maybe listening to hearing. There there is a difference. There is a difference there in seeing, okay, which are the conditions. For example, when I walk on the street, I can see that if I see a palm tree, I will definitely, my attention will stay, will, I will be looking at that palm tree for a longer time than maybe another tree. And at some point I realize, oh, of course, I grew up with palm trees everywhere. You know, is that, that condi- oh, conditioning, that is something that, you know, I was not aware of. Um, so, we're running out of time, so, just to, to close, um, we look at the different um, states 
of mind that happen, that arise and pass in the mind. We can use in the fourth foundation of mindfulness different lists of mental processes um, that the Buddha gave us to monitor uh, uh, how we're doing in our practice. And then there's different ways. There are different ways of practicing too. There is the, the way of practicing the, uh, where we use the breath as an object. We use an object to uh, develop our practice and whatever is more compelling at any given moment and then we go back to the breath. When that stops being interesting, we go back to the breath and we continue with our practice. And then there's the one that is not object-oriented, but you're just, and this is part of the response for you, Betsy, you're just sitting back, receiving, receiving what arises in your experience. And, and it is the style that Andra Fela teaches with um, uh, use, uh, the teachings of uh, Sadawal Yuteshaniya, where you receive, you relax, you observe what is going on by receiving it, not forcing anything. And then um, you just see what you know, what else is there? Is there. You just relax, observe, and allow. Um, and, you know, there are two great ways to practice. And you can do these not only in your cushion, but you also can notice and practice, you know, with looking at different states of mind when you're walking, when you're sitting. Just, you know, be careful and mindful. <laughs> um, so... That is uh, mindfulness of mind in a nutshell. Um, we're really behind. And we're past time, so I don't know if we have any any urgent question. You can come here, or um, is what do we do? Is three, is Let's two. do. I'm thinking if we made a group. Urgent question. <laughs> Sorry. This happens to me quite a lot. Something happens during the day, and then at night when I'm by myself, I kind of review the event over and over and over again. It's as if, like, it can be easy the hours that I'm still stuck in that thought, you know, the event is lingering around. So what I'm understanding from what your lecture was is that as long as I acknowledge that I am having these thoughts. It should automatically kind of relieve me or relieve me, <laughs> release these thoughts. I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit confused with that, but if you could just maybe elaborate a little bit on this, that would be helpful. Thank you. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
helps but then sometimes these thoughts are so lingering around that it might soften it a little bit usually when I totally distract myself with something else it goes away momentarily but then sometimes it comes back um, it, it's yeah. it's a difficult thing to get yeah. over <laughs> and, and you know there are times also that for me it's like if there's something I need to do if there's something that I need to attend I mean, kind of common sense in daily life. Maybe there's something that I need to take care of. And by doing that, um, then the thought just goes away. And there are other things that, you know, it takes time. It takes time to see, to explore what is there in our experience. Yeah, what comes to my mind with things like that is that there's usually some kind of resistance and not wanting to feel what really happened that keeps it going. So maybe somebody said something or, you know, you got an assignment you didn't want or somebody implied that you weren't doing your job well or something, somebody said something that hurt, you know, something like that. And then all the thoughts are around arguing with it, trying to protect yourself from really feeling that that hurt in some way. You know, planning what to do, planning how never to have that happen again and stuff like that. And it really only, when you really take time to kind of come into your heart and come into your body and let yourself feel, you know, well, that hurt, or I'm really worried about this, or acknowledging somehow the kind of, I don't know, difficult emotion that's underneath it. It's basically what she said. But, you know, really letting that, and, and f sometimes it helps to just admit this is suffering. You know, this thing happened and I can't see how to resolve it right now. And it's part of the human experience of things not working the way we want, you know, and just fully acknowledging that this is suffering and feel, letting yourself, you may, you know, cry, maybe just feel, really feel the impact of what happened and that eases up this constant thinking that's about trying to hold it and make it all good. <laughs> so, I don't know, that's my Thank you. experience. so we'd go quicker and then we'd have more yes. time for Q&A. Okay. Right. Yeah, so let's go ahead and, and do pairs. So if you find another person, maybe a person that you didn't uh, have in a group previously, and when you're in pairs, I will give you the question. I will give you the question. We're, we're just doing pairs because then you can both speak and we can finish on time. 
Like we, we no. talked about that, no. right? No. You did. Yeah, I did change it. That's it. Just read. That's it. Does that make sense okay. to you? Yes. Yeah. Which I talked about. That yeah. Too. But they can just say if they've experienced it. You know. Okay. I'm glad it was this often. I forgot the characteristics. <laughs> I didn't mention it. Okay. They're not in there. It's alright. Okay. So here is the question. So the question is. Do we have an unequal number? Somebody can be a group of three or three over here. Oh. You have three. Judy is leaving, so we there's somebody over here who can. You can pair, yeah. yeah. Bye, Judy. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) So the question is. How do you experience the difference between being caught up in a mind state, I am angry because, and being mindful of it as a mind state, anger is present and it feels like this. Again, how do you experience the difference between being caught up in a mind state I'm angry because, and being mindful of it as a mind state, anger is present and it feels like this. And what helps you making that shift of perspective? Okay? Okay, so... Well, um, about two or three minutes apiece. One person than the other. Yeah. Do you understand the question? Okay. The question? Okay. Okay. Well, we'll ring the bell after a couple minutes, and then you can switch people. <laughs>